Hey there, welcome back to another episode of CupyCast. Are you hoping to learn more about unions or progressive movements? Well, welcome. You are in the right spot. I'm Brittany Nisbet, and I use she and her pronouns. And I'm Tiffany Balducci, she, her pronouns, reminding you that we're the only podcast of our kind, combining union info, pop culture, and more. Kicking ass for the working class, one podcast at a time. Whether you're a member of QP, in a union, wish you were in a union, or just found us while browsing, you're definitely in the right place. And I'm Brianna Plummer, she, her pronouns. It's convention season at QP Ontario. Let's talk inside baseball when it comes to all things QP Ontario convention. A complete overview of all things convention. No strikes, only home runs. Listen in for everything you wanted to know about QP Ontario's convention. It's time to play ball. To hear more episodes, look for the QP Cast anywhere you stream or download podcasts. And for feedback or future episode ideas, don't forget you can email info at qp.on.ca. That's I-N-F-O at C-U-P-E dot You're listening to QP Cast episode 25, Convention Baseball. I love baseball, and I love seeing the Blue Jays, and I love that the QP Ontario convention is in person again, finally, and the Blue Jays are playing at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I agree too. It's both baseball and convention season, and things are definitely heating up. I heard the Blue Jays are actually doing really well so far in their season, Um, and I actually think a few convention delegates are going to see the Jays while they're in Toronto. Yeah, I... I think I'm going to two of the three oh, wow, games. Two. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I'm going to go with my local and then I think I'm going with some people from convention. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. But I'm for sure going to two. Well, I'm for sure going to one. We already got the tickets. Um, we got really good seats. I don't think I've ever sat this close before. Mm. I'm, I'm like the fourth row wow. from like, yeah. Well, people can see on TV. Some... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I'll tell my in-laws because they watch um, they watch the Blue Jays games like at home, like they have cable. So I'll let them know and they can keep their eye out. <laughs> um, well, hopefully delegates bring along their headphones and listen to our podcast on their way to the stadium <laughs> because we are going to play ball convention style. It's funny because in the lead up when we said no strikes, I was like, oh, that's baseball strikes. Like, we're, of course, we love union strikes, but uh, <laughs> yes. strikes. strikes and baseball. So actually, I'm not sure if folks are familiar with the term inside baseball, uh, but it's a metaphor like coming from the States. I never know which metaphors are like used in the States only or if there's some Canadian ones or if they're both. But inside baseball is a metaphor for when someone goes into like the nitty gritty details and the inner workings of a system that um, might, you know, only be interesting to or appreciated by experts and insiders aficionados if you will (laughs) which is what we're gonna do with all things qp ontario convention also known as qpo also known as od yeah so for (laughs) folks who might not be familiar with why it is sometimes called od or the od it's because it stands for ontario division so od and i i go between both i don't know i go between both i'll call it qp ontario convention i'll call it od are you i I often like when i'm talking to people i'm like oh you're going to od like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it gets confusing as so yeah anyways mm-hmm. that's that's the difference it's od stands for ontario division so technically this is the qp ontario division convention 
Yeah, um, I used to hear OD or the OD a lot, and I used to be confused, like, what is that? You gotta, yeah. like, spell it out for me, folks. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> totally. And I guess we should also mention, um, in this conversation, Brittany and I are kind of the the seasoned folks when it comes to conventions. <laughs> so Brianna hasn't been to, you haven't been to a QP Ontario convention I've yet, never been you? to a QP so, Ontario yeah, convention. This is perfect. So we can we can walk you through it and, and our listeners too if they've never been or if it's been a while um mm-hmm. but we actually, so people might not realize we removed we did a big like constitution uh review and like overhaul uh with qp ontario a few years ago and we removed anything that referred to od or ontario division in our constitution <laughs> oh. ontario but old habits die hard so yeah so, clearly because i still yeah, say it <laughs> Um, the president of QP3902, uh, Eric uh, Berdovsky, sent out a primer to delegates that did a good job Ooh. explaining mm. what the convention is. So I just wanted to share it because it's so good. And he gave me permission to. So thanks, Eric. Uh, Thank wrote, you, Eric. Uh, the QPOD convention happens every year. It's there delegates from all affiliated QP locals meet to discuss the political direction of the union, hold elections, and to coordinate the provincial union's response to the political climate. Um, and I'll add that even non-affiliated locals attend as guests sometimes, as well as guests from other unions from all around the country. That is such a good description. Thank yeah. you so much, Eric. That's wonderful. So if you're listening, we super appreciate that. Uh, and I'm sure your delegates from your local also appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about we just like jump right in and continue to chat about what folks can expect at QP Ontario Convention? Yeah, so we can start with the land acknowledgement. So both for our podcast and for our convention, I'm just going to state the land acknowledgement. So where I'm currently recording and where the convention will be taking place is in the territory of the Hirdan Wendat and the Putin First Nations, the Seneca, and most recently the Mississaugas of the Credit River. The territory was subject of the Dish with Once Bluwambat Belt Covenant, an agreement where the Iroquois Confederacy and the Obajiwe and the allied nations to peacefully share and care for the resources around the Great Lakes. This territory is also covered by the Upper Canada Treaties. Today, the meeting place of Toronto is still home to many indigenous people from across Turtle Island, and we are grateful to have the opportunity to work in this territory. We are compelled to acknowledge our colonialist history, the devastation and destruction that it has caused, and the ways it continues to damage the lives of so many indigenous people. We continue to commit ourselves to work with others to bring justice to murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from coast to coast to coast. The recent and ongoing finding and recovery of Indigenous children buried at unmarked mass graves on the sites of former residential schools across the country are haunting and a horrific legacy of the residential school system. These sites, along with the deep disparities and inequities that exist in many Indigenous communities and reserves, are stark reminders of Canada's past and the continuing assimilationist policies, colonialist laws, and discriminatory attitudes that continue to harm Indigenous peoples. As a public service union and providers of vital frontline public services, we are committed to working diligently to achieve prosperity and equality for all peoples. Our recognition of the historic importance of Indigenous peoples is clearly and overtly linked to our collective commitment to continually pursue and make real the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action in our communities and in our union. And at the QP Ontario Convention, there will be an Indigenous opening and closing ceremony. 
Yeah, so as I was learning more about the ins and outs of OD, I was surprised that the delegates kick off convention with popular union songs, such as Solidarity Forever and Breads and Roses. If this is your first time attending convention, you might not know that QP Ontario actually invites a band to perform these songs to the delegates. So I hope everyone who's going to be at convention gets your vocal cords ready. Yeah. Yeah, especially because that song is always... <laughs> those songs are always done first thing in the morning. And so for myself, I'm always still like, my voice is still graggly and groggy and I don't sound <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> but that part of convention is so fun um, as it really gets us pumped up for the convention. And for yeah. listeners who may not have heard the song Solidarity Forever, it's actually a song that is popular and it's by Peter Seeger. And so it's played at union conferences, conventions, rallies, protests, and marches. And if you've been to a union-related event, the chances are that you probably have heard someone singing this song. The song's meaning is really about working together and how the union can become stronger in numbers. Uh, Solidarity Forever is an oldie but a goodie, and I definitely recommend learning the uh, words to the song. <laughs> yeah, and there's lots of different versions of it, um, yeah. but typically like there's like three stanzas that everyone, everyone does, and um, when it's the Solidarity Forever reprise, people usually like put their solidarity fists in the air. Uh, and one thing I've always noticed is technically, um, folks might not know this, but the solidarity fist is um, the left hand. Uh, oh. And because the right hand is actually like more of like a fascist salute, but it's not like we we're like, you know, just, oh. just for our listeners, yeah. like we can do some history on it. But yeah, so try to use your left hand if you're able when you put up your solidarity fist. Uh, bread and to roses. know. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess we can do a deep dive on that in another podcast sometime. But totally. <laughs> bread and Roses is another oldie, but a goodie. Uh, there have been many groups who have renditions of the poem over the years, but the poem was first originated by American women's uh, suffragette activist uh, Helen Todd. The poem highlights workers' terrible working conditions and struggles in the workplace and the labor movement and how we deserve so much more. Um, typically like known for, you know, like women, like a, like a song that promotes women workers. Um, so to help you get ready to sing along with the other delegates and the band, we will include links to these songs and lyrics in the show notes. And the convention opening also includes reading of the equality statement and the statement of recognition of the UN International Decade for People of African Descent. The Equality Statement is QP's commitment to equality and creating a welcoming and inclusive environment, while the Statement of Recognition of the UN International Decade for People of African Descent is QP's Ontario Statement recognizing the UN International Decade for People of African Descent and its commitment to dismantling anti-Black racism, racial discrimination, xenophobia, and other forms of oppression. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And delegates will receive copies of the land acknowledgement, the equality statement, and the statement of recognition of the UN International Decade for people of African descent at convention. So it will make it much easier for folks to follow along as it is being read. And if you want a digital copy, uh, like me, you want to save the trees, uh, don't <laughs> worry, we have you covered. So check our show notes for the links to all of the statements. Yes. And if folks are interested in not having paper copies, I do think we're going to have a convention app this year. Oh. So look out for that. Um, sorry if we talk about it later too, but it just popped in my head. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we mention it further in the in this podcast, but there is there should be an app with information too, and um, including another important thing that delegates should know about, which is the Ombudsperson Program. 
-hmm. And this program was established uh, to uphold uh, CUPE Ontario's commitment to foster an inclusive environment that is free from harassment, discrimination, and all types of bullying and intimidation. Yeah, and you never heard of the Ombudsperson Program. It's a program available on-site for all delegates for the duration of the convention. So according to CUPE CUPE National's website, um, CUPE Ombuds people are on-site at every national event to try to resolve complaints about behavior that is not consistent with the Equality Statement or the Code of Conduct. CUPE Ombuds people are staff and members who represent the diversity of our membership. They receive training in the ombudsperson process, listening skills, conflict resolution, dealing with difficult behavior, and maintaining confidentiality and neutrality. Yes. And just to let uh, listeners know, CUPE National has created a really quick uh, two-minute video, and it gives a rundown about the ombudsperson program, including when you should contact the ombudsperson and how to do so. Yeah, it's really important. Um, but to note, since the ombudsperson changes at every QP convention, uh, conference and school, we're unable to share a specific number with our listeners. But good news is uh, delegates will receive contact information about the ombudsperson and where you can contact them, phone number, um, at convention itself and how best to reach them. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about QP's ombudsperson prog- program, you can visit the Ombudsperson program page on CUPE National's website. So, all righty, let's move on to how you can hit some home runs on the resolution (laughs) floor. (laughs) That's awesome. So one thing I'm really looking forward to this year is the CUPE Ontario Action Plan. And the reason I say that is because I am part of the committee that helped to draft it. And so for me, it's been so great to see that side of convention and how it works. For folks who may not know, the action plan is a document that basically outlines how QP Ontario will function or operate and what will steer QP Ontario really uh, throughout the year. And it outlines um, everything that that, uh, folks want to see from QP Ontario. And it's also reported back uh, the next year through the report card so you can see how QP Ontario followed through with the action plan from the years before. Yes, exactly. And I guess I got a little ahead of myself there because the action plan is drafted by a committee and the committee is made up of members of the QP Ontario Executive Board and QP National staff. But then it's brought to convention for delegates to give their input. Hmm. Okay. And I understand from what you both have explained to me, it sounds like there are two time blocks during the convention where delegates can do this. Yes, and it's also important to mention that there are no pro or con mics uh, during this time. The Mm -hmm. order in which each delegate speaks is based on which mic they get to and when. So kind of like a first come, first served idea. Okay. Yeah, and that's actually a really good flag, Tiffany. So like, thank you. And during those time blocks, the committee takes the feedback from the delegates and we uh, try to incorporate it into the action plan. And uh, if you have, just like a heads up, just like if you don't mind, (laughs) uh, if you have feedback, we would really appreciate it if you could write it down after you've spoken to it at the mic. Um, So the committee will be writing down everything, um, but we don't want to miss something accidentally. Uh, So writing it down, like writing down what you'd like to see changed or add or whatever, uh, writing it down and then handing it to us afterwards will be very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes, that would help. Um, I'm sure you all have a great shorthand, but I would hate to miss something because I'm unable to read it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, So 
Then um, the it goes from the two blocks and there's changes that are made where delegates make recommendations. Uh, they're brought to the convention floor one final time. And that's where it is actually debated, the action plan as a whole. Like as a whole. So the pro and con mics are then used. Um, I feel like that's typically Saturday morning. Mm-hmm, uh, and once debate so. ceases, the action plan is voted on and it needs 50 uh, plus one percent of the delegates to vote in favor of it to pass and be adopted by QP Ontario. And speaking of debating, how does that happen? Okay, so great question. Uh, so debate usually happens. I say usually because there are things that change all of the time. And Tiffany, mm-hmm. I, I know you said that we're seasoned, but I feel like you you're more seasoned than I am. <laughs> so like, please interrupt if I'm wrong about anything. Okay, but. Usually, debate happens during our resolutions and constitutional amendments, and then the final time block of the action plan. And I, I remember I was first confused. I was confused at my first convention because I wasn't really sure how it all worked. So, like, my first convention was 2017, and so mm-hmm. I really had no idea how it all worked. So, I yeah. wish I had a podcast like this to listen to. <laughs> there we go. That's why we're here? Because uh, yeah. there definitely is a learning curve. Um, but basically, what happens? is if you want to speak in favor of the resolution or constitutional amendment, uh, then you go to the, the mic will say pro on it um, or above it or somewhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually three in the room or two, three, three. Uh, and then if you want to speak um, against something or not in favor, then you go to a con mic. And so there's the same amount there. So either whether it's two or three, depending on how the room's set up, uh, you find a con mic and you say that you're going to speak against something. Okay, and how do you know when it's your turn to speak? Yeah, so the person chairing at the time usually goes from pro to con and then alternates back and forth uh, through the mics in order of who got to which mic first until there is no one left at the mics or someone on the floor goes to a mic and calls a question. And so calling question means that they are asking for a debate to cease and a vote to be taken on the resolution that is being debated. And if there's no one left at the mic, uh, the chair will just ask for a vote on the resolution yeah. or constitutional amendment. Okay. Uh, if the vote passes in favor, so for a resolution, the vote needs to pass in favor with a simple majority, 50 pl- uh, 50% plus one. Uh, so it passes. If it's a constitutional amendment, it's it needs a two-thirds vote, which I think we go into more detail later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, there, if there's a less than a simple majority, then it will fail. Um, typically, voting happens with delegates just putting this like voting cards in the air. They hold they're up normally yellow. voting cards. Yeah, they're normally yellow. <laughs> Who knows this year? Maybe they'll be a different yeah. color. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also hold up your credential. You can hold up your hand. It's just so the chair can look out and see like very easily like if it's if it's passed or not. Um, and so, uh, those are, we want to make sure. And then there's things we can do if it's not clear, like there's other ways to take a, like a standing vote or that kind of thing. Um, but that's, that's kind of what, what happens when people vote. Okay. Um, Brittany, um, you mentioned earlier about something calling to question about calling to question. What does that mean? If you can clarify for me. Yeah, 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 totally. So that part can also be confusing, uh, and I'll try to explain. But again, Tiffany, feel free to interject if I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, I just feel like it's because it's been so long that I'm like, oh, God, 
what do I forget? Even though, because last year, tech, okay, so for folks, just some background. Last year, convention was at the end of April. This year, it's at the end of May. So we're actually 13 months instead yeah. of the normal 12 months. And it changed because of the election last year for the NDP or for uh, provincially. So that's why it was different. So I'm like a little bit like rusty. I can't remember 100%. But mm-hmm. this part can be a touch confusing. Um, so when someone... They can go to either a pro or a con mic. You can be at whatever mic you want and they'll just go up and they'll say, if it was me, I would say, hi, I'm Brittany from QB Local 2977 and I call question and that's it. So it means that they, the person at the mic wants the chair to ask the delegates to vote on whether or not they're in favor of ceasing debate. So then the chair will say, if you're in favor of calling question, please show. And the delegates will raise their vote cards. Then the chair will say, if you're not in favor of ceasing debate, please show. And then again, the the delegates who are not in favor will vote. If the vote passes by the simple majority, then the chair will move on to voting on the resolution or the constitutional amendment. And if the question vote fails, then we'll go to debate continuing. Yep. Yep, you got that right. And also, when you mentioned about getting to the mic and in what order the um, delegates have been like are being called and how people know when it's their turn to speak, um, it made me realize that maybe we should mention the term mic muffins. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember you both telling me about mic muffins. Um, So correct me if I'm wrong. So that's when someone holds place of someone else at the mic. So that way, the, so the way you both explained it to me earlier was if Tiffany is at the stage um, chairing, but there's a resolution she wants to speak to, she may ask someone to hold her place at the mic um, because she won't be able to get to it on time to speak since she's chairing. And then when it's her turn, she would pass the chair to someone else and then come to the floor. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I have been a mic muffin quite a few times. Uh, You may also get there a few resolutions early. Um, So you'll let other know others who might be like waiting around as well. You'll let them know about what resolution you're speaking to before we get to the, because we get the beginning of the resolution order at the time block. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, for example, uh, I might be saying to Tiffany, well, I would like to speak to uh, resolution number five. So Tiffany will run up and hold my spot for resolution number five, but we still have to get through resolutions one, two, three, and four first. So she'll just be holding my spot for five. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't know where the term Mike Muffin actually came from, though. Yeah. Like the muffin itself. Because like I asked it out there and some people were like, you're the one that told me about it. I'm like, yes, I understand like what a mic muffin does i've been a person who's organized mic muffins before but where the term mic muffin comes from appears to still be a mystery i put it on twitter and facebook and the former the former clc secretary treasurer bob Bar- barb byers said that historically uh mic muffins popped up in the mid 90s to hold people's spots mm. if they have to go to the bathroom after waiting in line for like four hours oh. Oh, um, wow. or they would just miss their spot uh, if folks have read the book Primary Colors, they refer to campaign staff as muffins, like in a sexist way, like in that book. Oh, and that's the man. only thing I'm like, I, I hope I hope it's not like a sexist term that we're using no. and that it doesn't have that kind of root. I don't know if people are like, thanks, muffin. Like, I have no clue. So <laughs> let us know if you know where the actual like term like muffin, because it's not just QP that uses it. It's everywhere. No. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So all, all the unions use it. Uh, I remember one time someone going in the microphone and being like, how long are these muffins going to be allowed here for? The, I think the oven done the muffins are ready <laughs> the muffins mad. have been baked yes muffins are baked 
so yeah it's not everyone likes the muffins because sometimes it's hard to get to the microphone if there's a long line yeah mm-hmm. um but usually at keep ontario i think we we usually have a pretty good um I job so. of getting folks to the mic and having like diversity of the microphones and first-time speakers which we'll get to mm-hmm. um and i realized we've already talked a bit about resolutions but didn't really define what that is yet so mm-hmm. i'm actually going to go back to eric's uh, handy dandy primer that he wrote um, he wrote resolutions. These are proposals and policy recommendations that locals, committees, and councils submit to Keep Ontario to debate and vote on at the convention. These decisions give direction in terms of Keep Ontario's policies and practices. We'll link um, the resolutions in our show notes. And what a great idea is to send such a thorough email to the delegates. Locals, you should take notes. Um, maybe you'd like to do that for your delegates as well in the like in future um, conventions, especially Mm -hmm. if you're bringing new delegates with you. Yeah. It's such a good idea. Mm -hmm. And so we've already mentioned this before. Resolutions only need a simple majority to pass, so over 50%. And then the constitutional amendments, um, those are proposed changes to the QP Ontario Constitution, and Mm -hmm. they modify the structural form and procedures of QP Ontario. Yep. And like we mentioned, those need two-thirds majority to pass, much like local bylaws do. So I find examples can maybe be helpful here. Uh, An example of a previous constitutional amendment uh, from last year was when we added the Climate Justice Committee to the QP Ontario Constitution, creating an entirely new committee. Um, It used to just be an environmental working group, but now it is recognized as a full committee under the QP Ontario Constitutions, which delegates voted in favor of last year. That's a great example. Yeah. Um, Very helpful to kind of explain it. Um, Do delegates both have the same amount of time to speak on these issues or topics? Yes. Yes, they totally, they totally do. It's three minutes. There's a timer going on the screen that you can see countdown as you speak. And there, like we said, there are the pro and con mics throughout the convention hall. The chair will take debates on resolutions and constitutional amendments by going back and forth from pro to con. Are there only ever con mics and pro mic speakers? Oh, yeah. Like if it's just like no one's at the con mic, it's all pro speakers or vice versa. This does happen. Um, And the chair sometimes will let delegates know that they'll test the house after three speakers who've all been speaking all pro or all con. Um, They'll call the question themselves as chair after three. Sometimes it's after four. It's usually once one chair does it or they all decide, they kind of stick to that. But it's not the same everywhere. Okay. So delegates need to be mindful of how much time they have. Um, make sure that they're lined up at the right microphone. Um, should they give up if they see a long line? No, no, never, never, <laughs> never give up. Never give up. It's, it, I say this because there have been times where people have called the question and then people start walking away from the mic and the question fails. And then they like have to scramble running back oh, to the no. mic because they still want to speak on it. So do not ever give up, um, especially if there's a specific resolution or amendment you've been planning to speak on during all of the convention, like you've been anxiously awaiting it. Yeah. There is a bit of floor strategy, uh, which comes in handy, but like I will leave that to Tiffany, who is our floor strategy pro. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, I do have a strategic mind when it comes to conventions sometimes. I'm always thinking like, okay, how can we move uh, our, you know, if you have like an agenda that you want to move forward, like I talked about mm-hmm. the climate justice, for example. So if there's something you really want to see hit the floor, you have to make sure you lobby the resolutions um, or constitution committee member to prioritize it uh, and get it on the priority paper. 
So I'm actually going to refer back to Eric's primer again, because you'll be like, who are, who are these people that I'm supposed to lobby? Uh, these are <laughs> committees of QP workers who volunteer to go through all the resolutions or constitutional amendment proposals that locals, councils, and committees submitted to QP Ontario. And they propose, propose the order in which delegates discuss and debate the resolutions. So the committee is very important in setting the tone and pace of the conventions. And I believe um, their names are published in our convention mm -hmm. document. So you can easily mm -hmm. figure out who you should be um, speaking with about <laughs> what you want to see hit the floor. No, I see. So if I have a resolution that I wrote and want to be debated or see debated, I need to know who's on the resolutions committee and see what they are thinking as far as which day it could get on. I am on a few committees and I know we get to submit priorities too. Yes. And if you look at the agenda, you'll see the resolutions blocked in committee chunks uh, even. Oh, so if okay. you know what day or time your resolution will likely hit the floor, that can also be worked into your strategy. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you'll want to decide who is speaking on what part of the resolution and which mics you'd like to be at. And if you think there will be debate, um, some of your speakers might should be prepared to have rebuttals uh, to the con mic that was right before them. Um, so like lots of notes that you can kind of move around if you need to, or even people that you need to move around strategically. Like if you need a really mm -hmm. strong speaker after a really strong con speaker, then you want to put one of your strong pro speakers right away. Um, if you feel like, you know, you have a super strong speaker that just swayed the house, you might want to strategically place someone at the mic to call the question, like right after they speak, because everyone's like, ooh, that person was good. I'm going to agree with what they said. Mm -hmm. and, but not everyone, <laughs> likes, not everyone likes when that happens when you strategically call the question. Okay, so I'm a bit of a visual learner at times. So I feel like in order to grasp this, I really need to see it in person. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit like the sport. So this is a baseball analogy is really good to use in this kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% <laughs> right. It's hard to explain on a podcast, but uh, just like any sport, it also helps to know the rules. Yes. So yes. I would mention to folks, read the rules of order before you go in. They will be in the delegate kits. Parliamentary procedure is a list of rules used to help run meetings democratically and efficiently. Uh, most Canadian unions, including QP, use Borno's rules of order. Uh, they help us move through union business. Um, you know, allegedly, we've done podcasts before on like, you know, are these rules colonial, etc. That's stuff we can look into. But, um, but, you know, what we typically say is that it, you know, it keeps things in order, it helps mm -hmm. folks make good decisions, um, not just at these conventions, but also at membership meetings, mm -hmm. and, uh, and even national convention uses it. Mm -hmm. So true. And um, another strategy that is sometimes utilized is the motion to refer, which is when a delegate may delay a decision on the motion by sending the motion to the committee that they will do more work on the issue. So the delegate, if it was myself, I would walk up to the mic and I would say, and I'm just going to interrupt myself really quickly. Do not forget, because I yes. did this last year. Tiffany's going to laugh because I did it when she was chairing. I ran it to a mic, mm -hmm. and I just started going into my speech. Don't forget to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah. The chair will interrupt you and say, oh, pardon me, delegate. Tiffany was so nice when she did it to me. She's like, delegate, delegate, you need to say who you are and where you're from. So don't forget to introduce yourself. No matter how many times you've been at the mic, no matter how many people know who you are, go up to the mic and say, for me, it would be, hi, Brittany Nisbet, QP Local 2977. I move to refer back to the resolutions committee with directives to change the wording. And then the delegates have to vote on whether or not they agree with that motion to refer. Yes. 
and you cannot speak to, you can't get up and be like, oh, I kind of like this motion, but I think da da da. If you speak to it, then the chair mm -hmm. should rule you out of order because mm -hmm. you can't make a motion to refer if you've already spoke, like if you spoke to it previously, you can mm -hmm. only just go up exactly how Brittany said. Um, and depending on when this happens, it can kill the resolution mm -hmm. or the resolutions committee will rework it and bring it back. The QP, on, uh, the QP Ontario Constitution has these rules of order listed. Uh, a delegate shall not move a motion to refer back after having spoken on the question at issue. A motion to refer back is not debatable. Uh, and when properly seconded, the question shall be immediately put to the convention to vote on. All referrals shall be the first items to be dealt with in the committee's reports in the following sessions of the convention or at such other times as may be directed by a majority vote of convention. So the resolution committee also have to deal with emergency resolutions. Um, how they're dealt with is listed in the QP Ontario Constitution, which I'll read verbatim. Resolutions dealing with matters that have arisen less than 48 days prior to convention must be submitted to the convention office by a local union or district council or by the executive board of QP Ontario or committee thereof and must not exceed 200 words in total and reference the date of the matter being dealt with in the emergency resolution. The emergency resolution will be signed by the presiding officer and secretary of such affiliate. Um, the executive board will review the date of the matter arose to determine if the matter meets the emergency criteria. And if it's approved, it can only be dealt with, uh, with on a majority consent of the delegates in convention and after two hours of providing the resolution to delegates. So basically, just to sum this all up, um, what it, that it's saying that if there is something that has happened since April 13th, that there should be a resolution on, the affiliated body submitting it should have officers sign it and take it to the convention office. And the QP Ontario executive looks at it to make sure that it is an emergency resolution. And then the delegates of convention also have to vote in favor of it being submitted. Yes, exactly. And then at any given time during convention, delegates may feel the need to rise a raise a point of order or a point of privilege. Holy, so you can yeah, yeah, exactly. Tiffany's not wrong. They go to a mic and they'll raise this. So it's so for example, like I'm just I'm just throwing an example out there. Say like mics one, two, three, and four have people at them, but there's no one on five on five or six. Someone and someone wants to raise a point of order, they would run to point uh, they would run to mic five or six and they would yell point and they yell it really loudly so that the chair knows to go to them because the points go first. Is that right? Oh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to the mic, they raise this. However, according to the rules of order outlined in the QP Ontario Constitution, a delegate should not interrupt another in order for it to be called a point of order. So, you know, you're not going to interrupt someone while they're speaking. You have to wait till they're done. And then the point mm -hmm. is brought forward after. Yeah. Yeah. But they try to interrupt sometimes. Like it's, yeah, and yeah. the point really is the only thing that can interrupt um, debate. Uh, but mm -hmm. it has to be a real point. And quite okay. often delegates have points that the chair will explain wasn't actually a point. Uh, a point of order can be raised to object um, incorrect procedures being used. So that would be proper if there was something done incorrectly. Uh, a point of privilege can be raised to object to something which prevents your continued participation. Mm -hmm. So if it's too noisy, you can't hear what's happening, uh, it's way too hot or it's way too cold, like something that like stops you from being able to participate, mm -hmm. that is a true mm -hmm. point of privilege. Mm -hmm. If you are truly, truly confused about a procedure being used and want clarification, you can raise a point of information, but we can tell as chairs, 
if you're pretending that you're <laughs> like if you're just trying to get yeah. a point across instead. Uh, these are the only points recognized um, in both Robert's rules of order and and Borno's. But like we said before, we use Borno's. So if you have one of those points to make, you could go up to any microphone and state your point and the chair decides how to respond. Yes, exactly. Okay. And because it's a democratic body, if any members disagree with the chair's response at any time during convention, they can challenge the chair. Yep. Yeah. And our QP Union Education Parliamentary Procedure course, which I like to facilitate from time to time, uh, discusses okay. this and states the chair preserves order at meetings and decides on questions of order. However, the meeting has the right to challenge the chair's ruling on a point of order through a motion to appeal the decision of the chair. The motion looks like this. I challenge the decision of the chair. And then another member must second the motion. Okay. Now the chair may take a moment to check on the rules under dispute or to consult a person in the role of parliamentarian. Sometimes the chair may agree with the challenge and then the convention just continues. They're like, oops, my bad. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Because, you know, chairs aren't perfect. We're all human. Like, yeah. so if yeah. the chair disagrees with the challenge, here is what often happens. Another chair takes over chairing the motion. So say someone, I do something and someone says I challenge it. I'm chairing. I'm like, okay, let's, let's hear the challenge. Um, but I can't chair this portion. So Brittany, you're going to come in and chair this challenge. Uh, the member making the challenge gives the reasons why they thought the chair's ruling should be challenged. Then the chair gets to take over the mic and say why, what the parliamentary rule was behind the ruling. Um, and then the, whoever's chairing for like at this point, it could be a vice president, could be the president, secretary, treasurer, whoever, um, okay. is the person who wasn't challenged, uh, will say, will the decision of the chair be upheld or they can say sustained, um, or however they want to word it. Um, and the vote has to happen immediately without further discussion. And so if everyone, if people vote in favor, that means the chair decision is upheld. If they vote against it, that means they've overturned the chair's decision and people have to do whatever they've been challenged. You have to kind of rework what, what the chair decided and, and go back and redo things. And I guess I should also mention too, the, uh, Tiffany and I keep referring to ourselves chairing because we do have to chair a convention. Yep. So you will see us chairing often throughout, not often, like we'll be, we all take Couple turns. Times. So a few times. Yeah. I think last year I chaired twice. Yeah. Me and too. last year was my, yeah, yeah. I think that was, it was kind of split. It split up fairly amongst all of us. So you'll see uh, Fred and Yolanda, so the president and the secretary treasurer. And then um, you'll see Michael, uh, Tiffany, myself and Don. So you're four vice presidents. So we will often be, we'll often be the ones chairing. So just in case you're wondering like, why do they keep referring to themselves as chair? Uh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so the handbook, which we've talked a lot about, it'll go into the show notes, of course. And so it can go on to state any challenge to the chair's decision must occur immediately after the chair makes a ruling. A challenge is in order even when another speaker has the floor. And a question to answer about parliamentary procedure is simply an explanation, not a ruling, and it cannot be appealed. It does take a majority vote to overturn the chair's original decision. And a tie vote, so because sometimes things can tie, a tie mm. vote means that the chair's decision is upheld. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, that's a lot <laughs> of information. It is. <laughs> Word of advice, folks and delegates, read your handbook. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is a great way to also know about the ins and outs of how convention works as well. So I hope you find what we've been sharing today very helpful. 
Yeah, totally. I really hope folks listening find it helpful. And if there's things that they wish that we would have covered, um, I hope they reach out and let us know. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, totally. And there are things that we didn't touch on, though. There's there's a lot. But now I, I kind of am like, okay, I feel like that was like very like info heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so so now we're going to move on to some fun stuff because there are lots of traditions and of I call them traditions. I don't actually know if that's the right term, but it's like fun things that also happen at convention. Um like, did you know that if this is your first convention ever and you speak at a mic, you get a free shirt? You just Ooh. have to tell, tell us. You just have yes. to tell us. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you let folks know. So just say, hi. I would say, hi, I'm Tiffany from QP Local 1281 or QP Local uh, 9112, which is QP District Council. Uh, <laughs> this is my first convention and my first time at the mic. Uh, and then the chair and delegates typically say, welcome, yay, and clap for you. And then remind you to go to the convention office to get your free shirt. That is so cool and also very encouraging. I want a free it, shirt. Yes. <laughs> right? So get to a mic. Uh, it, it, but like, it totally is. And like my first convention in 2017, I spoke on a resolution, but it was on the very last day. Uh, it was on the Saturday. Um, so the shirts were like pretty picked over size wise. Uh, so, you know, my suggestion, if you have the opportunity perhaps try to speak just a titch earlier uh, just so that you uh, get your size shirt. And also, I will also mention, there have been times, my first time speaking at the mic at our QP Ontario convention and at the QP National Convention, you can have like a friend come and stand with you to just Mm -hmm. give you like some support. so, you know, uh, I, I've always had like a pal just kind of there and it's nice to know. And I will also tell folks too, when you're speaking at the mic, the best thing to do is to look at the chair and just like you're talking to the chair. Mm-hmm. And and I, I can speak for Tiffany and myself uh, because Tiffany taught me this. Um, we'll, you know, because I had never chaired before and Tiffany had, so she gave me some tips last year. And so one of the tips she said was, you know, just like you want to look at the delegate, you want to like interact with them a little bit and like smile and nod and like you know like so that because they might be nervous and speaking as someone who has been at the mic before you get nervous that's okay (laughs) but just look at the look at the person at the chair and and it's it's very easy to to block out everything around you Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a conversation also if you have specific things you want to say I usually write notes on my phone Mm -hmm. and we'll bring my Mm -hmm. phone up with me and kind of look at my phone um yeah and there's there's another moment that happens before convention that folks may find odd if it's their first convention uh delegates typically stand all in front of convention hall doors or like kind of hang out in front of the where the where you enter convention hall uh before they open on the first day so when the doors open they can run in like rush in to get the best seats. so they literally rush the doors rush to the seats Locals have signs or like Sharpies, markers with them, signs ready for their seats so they can't get taken by others. Um, so they can save spots for their entire local to sit together and they can like sit near a microphone if they want or they try to find like the best the best place. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, that reminds me that I have to get my local signs made. I said I was going to do that and I didn't. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay. That's next on my list to do. Uh, so if delegates, for example, like like to be at the back near the doors, um, or if you want to be near a mic, or if you want to be on an aisle seat, or if you want to be with other locals that you know. So perhaps like I'm from Niagara, I might want to sit with other folks from Niagara. Mm-hmm. So I remember at, at QP National a couple years ago, I sat with some folks from QP 911. They were behind us. And then um, QP uh, 1287 was behind us. So we kind of all sat together. Um, 
But like the very first time I experienced it in 2017, it reminded me of a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite the thing. I don't know. I mean, this will be the first time coming back from, you know, being virtual. And so let's see yeah. if it still happens. Yeah. But yeah, it probably things will. might be different. I think there's going to be a day, probably the Wednesday, where we'll all be wearing purple for education workers. So it's good um, to know of any solidarity colors that you might want to pack and bring with you. Um, Also, there are at least two rallies planned at the time we are recording this. On June 1st at lunch, we'll be marching to the Ministry of Labor to support injured workers. And Mm -hmm. on June 3rd, upon convention adjournment, we'll be marching to Queens Park as part of the Enough is Enough Day of Action. And we'll also have accessibility vans for folks um, if they if they need it for either uh, rally as well. That's good to hear. Um, so there are days of actions happening all across the province, but for convention delegates, we'll be meeting at Nathan Phillips Square and then marching to Queens Park. On June 3rd, we are saying enough is enough. According to OFL, so Ontario Federation of Labor's messaging, we want protests wherever people are ready to fight back. Our demands are clear. Real wage increases, rent control and affordable housing, affordable groceries, gas and basic goods, keep our schools and hospitals public, make the banks and corporations pay local, pro- um, pay local. protests will be organized by local unions, community organizers, students, and anyone who wants to join our campaign. And just to let you know that the June 3rd event is also open to anyone. So if yes. you're not a delegate yeah. attending convention, you are still free and welcome to join. Totally. Yes, totally. We want all of the people there, everybody, all over. <laughs> and there's uh, also time to carved out in our convention to socialize. So there's a meet and greet the first night of convention, and there are social activities on Friday evening, and sometimes it's called QP prom. Um, like prom? That's what like, I call do, it anyway. Do we need to like dress up in formal guard? <laughs> <laughs> I always call it QB prom because it just reminds me of a prom atmosphere. Everyone's like okay. so celebratory, but people wear all sorts of things. And usually there's a DJ and a dance floor. It's also got like wedding vibes, I guess. Um, yes. In the yes, past, there's been a photo. Like, yeah, they played songs typically you would hear at a wedding. Uh, in the past, there's been a photo booth, all sorts of things. And we might be trying out a few new things this year, but I don't want to mm-hmm. ruin any surprises. So I won't say much more here, but folks have been working pretty hard on making sure there's oh, some yeah. good times <laughs> together. Totally. Lips are sealed. Okay. But we look forward to it. <laughs> yes. And just to let um, delegates know, there's also a fellowship room open each night where delegates can find a safe and sober space to connect. Um, from what I understand, there will be games and conversations um, to be had in this space. Yes, it's fun for everybody. So some folks may also think of elections when they think of union conventions. And just so you folks know, for QP Ontario, most of elections occur in even numbered years. Mm -hmm. But since there are trustee positions that are up to three years, we have an election for the trustee every year. So this year we're electing a trustee. Okay. Yes. And anyone can run from the floor. So you don't you don't have to get like anything in well in advance. You can literally make the decision when they call for nominations. So mm-hmm. uh, but you do get a chance if you know ahead of time, there's an election forum one of the nights, uh, one of the first nights uh, to give a three minute speech on why you'd like to be a trustee. Yes. And while we're talking about elections, there is something that might be a bit surprising to newer delegates. Uh, elections get a little rambunctious. Things get really loud. (laughs) Okay, you got to explain. What do you mean by this? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting. So 
There are two times, at least, where things can get super exciting during elections. Once nominations are closed, you will hear people yelling. So everyone gets like these ballots. Um, okay. This is like we still do paper ballots in QP Ontario. Uh, and so they get these ballots and ballots have like numbers on them, uh, one through 12. Um, so once nominations are closed, you'll hear people yelling numbers to the elections chair and making bets. And they're yelling numbers because when you're a delegate, um, you're yelling the number of your of the ballot that you think the convention, um, the the chief returning officer, the person that's leading the the vote, will like you think that they'll the number that they're going to call. So the delegates want that person to choose their number ballot um, because they've made bets on it. So like I could say to I might be yelling five um, because I put two dollars, I put a toonie on my table, and I picked five, and someone made a little list and. You know, Brittany picked three and whoever picked seven. Um, so there's a big pool of money there, you know, maybe like, <laughs> I don't know, 12 bucks or something. Yeah, it's bucks, not a lot, not bucks. a big pool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, coffee, coffee money. money. And, uh, and so you're yelling five, five. Um, and, and so everyone picks their own number and whoever's number is called, that person wins the money and you'll typically see them being like, yeah. And other people will be like, boo. And if it's your first time, you're like, why do they care what number was called that we're using on the ballot to vote on? Why are coins being thrown around? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it took me back when I first saw it happen. I was like, what the heck is happening? Uh, the other thing is when the ballots are collected and the folks who collected them are walking out of the room with them to be counted, we all clap and bang on the tables. And normally it's like, it's like a very, yeah, like that's the, that's the, it's, like it's very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very loud. Like the whole convention will do it. And even if it's your first one, you're like, oh, everyone else is doing it. I guess I'll do it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I don't really, and you'll clap and bang on the tables until all of the ballots have left the room. Uh, and I'm not sure why we do this. I feel like it has to do with wishing the people who are like counting it luck and like good, good luck counting and hope it's great and all of those things. Like, I think it's like a good reason, but I don't actually yeah. know. I don't, I just, people have always done it. It's just one of those things. And then also that's when, um, usually the doors are tiled during that yes. time, what they say, like tile the doors, which I researched that term, I think for our last podcast where we talked about the CLC convention and that came from like the, the Freemasons is where that came oh. from. And actually like the name Tyler came from that. Uh, but Interesting. so then they, but as you like, when you know to be done making like the clapping or stomping or hitting the table is when the chair says like untie all the doors so oh. it's interesting yeah it's fun yeah um, i'm glad both of you kind of broke it down and explained it to me um because this would definitely confuse me i would be mm -hmm. like Brittany sitting in the space being like what is going on what are these delegates <laughs> doing like, i just don't yeah. understand so Getting that clarity is very helpful. I'm glad it helps. And I hope that it helps our listeners too. And so we also can't forget that there are awards at convention. Yeah, awards. Um, that sounds great. I'm glad there'll be delegates getting awards. So can we just talk about what sort of awards will be given out at convention? Yeah, there are a few. Uh, right now we have Health and Safety Award, Injured Workers Award, Sisters in Solidarity Award, and a Racial Justice Award. And applications have to be sent in, of course, and then each committee chooses from there. And uh, the deadline was April 30th, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Typically someone else nominates a person, 
um, such as a local CUPE council or another CUPE member. Yeah. And then the recipients of each award are chosen by each of those committees. So I'm the co-chair of the Health and Safety Committee, and we uh, already chose the recipient of the Health and Safety Award. So we were given all the applications and we went through them and we made a decision. Um, The recipient of each award will be called up to the stage during convention and they will have a moment to say uh, a thank you speech and they will be given their award. And I think their name goes on a plaque yep. at the QP Ontario office. Yes, yes, it does. Their uh-huh. name will also go on a plaque, and then it'll be at the QP Ontario office as well. Yeah, and if they're not a delegate to convention, that's okay. They'll be given a guest badge for the day, so they can still attend in person to receive their award and give their speech. That's good. Um, I also heard that there are caucuses as well. So when are those happening? Yes, and actually that reminds me. Um, we passed a resolution last convention for there to be a pink triangle award but oh yeah the, but it's gonna happen next convention if they're, they're yes. um yeah because they're like the nomination forms and everything have to be uh all sent out so yeah. it'll be ready for next convention um so yeah and that kind of goes with sector caucuses um the sector caucuses happen or sorry that would be an equality caucus but there are sector caucuses that happen the day before the convention officially begins so they start today tuesday mm-hmm. uh then through the week and there's also like district council uh, caucuses that day check your agenda there's lots uh, mm-hmm. then through the week there are caucus for all the different committees um, their plan before convention begins during lunch and after convention and there's also uh, the, the equality caucuses as well I, those are kind of looped in with the committees but you'll yes. have the equality caucuses as well so um, keep your eye check your agenda there's so much going on all of the time I think it's like every day at like 7 30 until like 8 30 at night it's packed Um, and so, you know, I'm just going to plug, uh, health and safety. Uh, so I've been working with the health and safety committee for our caucus this year. Uh, it was a great time at our last in-person convention in 2019. And so I'm really looking forward to this year too. And it's been really so long since we've seen one another. So it'll be great. It'll be great. Mm -hmm. So a great way to connect. Yeah. And I'm actually looking forward to, um, the graduation ceremony for the wild program participants. Yay! Yes. yes, yes. Just to remind our listeners, Brianna <laughs> is a participant of the Wild program, and we all wish you congratulations on completing the program. Uh, thank you. Yay! <laughs> so happy for you. Uh, so, can you let listeners know about the Wild program, Brianna? Yeah, of course. So, the Women in Leadership Development, also known as Wild, is a new leadership program targeted for Indigenous, Black, and racialized women and is aimed um, to build the participants' capacity in strategy, planning, and overall leadership. So over the past year, I had the opportunity to meet and connect with women and gender diverse folks from across different sectors and all across the province. It was an amazing program and I'm grateful for all the learnings and opportunities it has given me. I look forward to um, graduating and celebrating with the other (laughs) WOW participants. And I just wanna give a quick shout out To the ladies who are part of the WILD program, thank you so much for making this journey fun. And congratulations on completing the program. Congrats. So uh, I'm getting chills. Uh, We'll (laughs) be rooting for you when you get your award and you graduate, Brianna. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it too. (laughs) Yes, 100%. And before we finish up, um, because that's a great note to finish on, I do want to plug one more thing. The amazing child care and youth camp offered at convention. Uh, you know, I have a 
20 month old, I guess she'll be 21 months, uh, almost two at uh, convention time. Zoe loves the childcare providers and they plan amazing days for them. Um, she's typically slow to warm up at times and very attached to me. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's, we're attached. I'm attached to her. She's attached to me. But uh, she quickly opens up at the childcare and the childcare providers are all unionized QP workers. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the older kids, the youth camp uh, will take youth on a learning journey about unions with lots of fun things built in. The curriculum uh, touches on labor history benefits to workers and society as a result of unions, the social and economic contributions of unions and the place of unions in today's society. There, this will also be a chance for these budding activists to learn about QP structure uh, and why the work that we do at locals and conventions is so important. So that's for the older kids. I think they're at least nine years old for that part, maybe older. Um, but the younger kids also have lots and lots of fun at childcare. And so amazing. This is offered uh, because I can fully participate in convention comings and goings, and I have to worry about not being able to do things because I don't have childcare or having to, you know, bring a toddler with me who doesn't want to be doing boring caucus meetings. What's boring to them? Exciting to me, boring to a 21 month old. Uh, And I just also want to give a shout out to people who came before me, like Judy Darcy and Mm -hmm. Barb Byers, who like fought for childcare Mm -hmm. to be at conventions because it didn't always, it wasn't always this way. So thank you. Mm Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into episode 25 of CupyCast, the convention baseball. We want to take a moment to thank all QP Ontario staff involved with this episode. Without them, this podcast would not exist. If you have a future podcast idea, please email us at info at qp.on.ca. That's I-N-F-O at C-U-P-E dot O-N dot C-A. We also want to thank the wonderful Muhammad Akbar for being the edit master. This podcast would not sound as great as it does without his talents. Uh, We're gearing up toward an important month, and not just because it's my birthday month. Uh, (laughs) June is National Indigenous History Month and Pride Month, as well as Juneteenth. So, so much to celebrate. And and we have to celebrate and remember things next month. So we want to recognize also, while we were recording this, um, one of the biggest strikes in Canada's history, history recently happened. Uh, with PSAC out on strike, um, mm-hmm. we're sending solidarity to those workers. Where um, it's, uh, I, I think it's officially. I think there's still some of the workers out on strike. We'll have to double check in on that. And then also sending solidarity to the Writers Guild in the in the states who yes. are on strike. But before, and also before we close out, we want to thank all of our credible listeners for tuning into this episode of CupyCast. Please continue to look for us anywhere you stream or download podcasts. This includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or on the QP Ontario's website. Please follow or subscribe to the QP Cast. And if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, leave us a review, leave us a message, and let us know what you thought about the episode. Also, please share the link with your friends or fellow members in your local. Our show notes will have lots of helpful information that you can also share with your friends. And if you see us at convention, or at the June 3rd rally, make sure you stop by, stop and say hello to us. We'll love to meet some of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Thanks once again for listening. Sending solidarity. Mm -hmm.